thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Get those type of videos on your phone? Totally. I don't know what I did before this. Yeah, it's better hope your wife never finds out. It's not a big deal. Besides, she's been kind of not fun lately. Look, she's not going to find out. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Are you serious? God never said that. Amen. God never said that. Hey, we're in a series called God Never Said That. We've looked at several things already. Uh, number one, the first week we looked at this was God wants me happy. These are cultural beliefs that are out there, and they're not all in Scripture. Well, matter of fact, none of them are, all right? But we say them like they're in Scripture. First thing we talked about that God never said was that God wanted us happy. God never said he wants us happy. He did say he wanted to bless us. Last week we looked at the fact that, that people say or culture says that God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not in Scripture. That is taken out of a text that's misquoted. It says you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. He'll give you more than you can handle so you can lean on him. Next week, we're going to look at it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. It does matter what you believe, okay? Today, we're looking at um, it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anybody. That's not in Scripture. That God didn't say that. Not at all. Not at all. So I, your seats do not have seat belts. And, and today you need one, okay? You need to buckle up. So but it's, goody, it's pretty heavy. So since it's heavy, let's have a little fun. I need you to look at the person on your left. Just look at them. Stare them down pretty good. Now look at the person on your right. You got to look at them pretty good. Now a very important thing to do in church, you turn around and look behind you. You always want to know who's behind you in church. Amen. Now, 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 here's the deal. You got these people on your mind? Now, I want you to think who the biggest sinner was you just saw. Some of y'all are like, uh, whoa, I ain't touching that one, preacher. Somebody's doing this. I'm like, amen. There you go. That's good. Point at yourself. All right? But, hey, here's the deal. That, that, you can't talk about that today. You can't. See, it's Scripture, the unpardonable sin is not accepting Christ, not accepting the fact that Jesus died for you and dying apart from Christ and going to hell. That's the unpardonable sin right there, period. But really, today's society, the unpardonable sin is to call someone a sinner. <laughs> it is. You just can't call anybody a sinner. But you read this book, Jesus called people sinner all the time. He did. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. I could make a case that... The cultural value back when Jesus was on earth, when he was in his ministry, the cultural value back then was justice. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I mean, that just, that's it. Now, I could make a strong case today that the cultural value in today's world is tolerance. <laughs> tolerance. Now, folks, I'm going to help you with something. Back in the 50s and the 60s, tolerance a little bit different than it was today. Here's what it meant back then. That all people were acceptable 
and have equal value. Didn't matter. They were just, they were created by God. We saw them, with it, we accepted them because they had value. Here's what tolerance is today. All ideas and behavior have equal value. <laughs> that is not true. That's just not true. The Bible does not say that. It does say tolerance is about accepting people equal value. That, that doesn't matter your ethnic background, your skin color, your economic, that, that's good. But all ideals and values, are, no. Sometimes you're wrong. You, can't, you, can't, just, you never, nobody's wrong anymore. Oh, is that what, okay, that's okay if you think that. No, it's not. That's stupid. I mean, we don't say that anymore. Because you, you got to be, don't call them sinners. I mean, we can't. We, we, here's what society has done. We've taken words and we've dressed them up so they feel better. We have. We've taken sex sin. Let's just take the word sex. And we've taken words in sex and we dressed them up to make them feel better. So if we're doing them, it doesn't hurt as bad. Here's my example. We used to call it porn. Porn sounds strong. Porn. That's hard. So today... To make it feel better, we call it adult entertainment. It's just entertainment. Just entertainment. That just feels better. So if you're, you're in that, it just, I'm just, it's just entertainment like the guy on the video. Take the word adultery. That's a strong, hard word in it. Adultery. Jesus said he called it an act of adultery. They brought the woman to Jesus. Today, we don't call it adultery. We call it an affair. So much sweeter, soft, got some roses, you know, affair. This is an, what an affair. It's sweeter. Premarital sex. We don't say premarital sex because, see, when you say the word premarital sex, even a rock knows what that means. Premarital, okay? Out of covenant relationship with God, sin. All right? Premarital. Jesus says sex is awesome in marriage. Outside, pff, not good. Premarital, so we don't call it premarital anymore because we all know what premarital is. You know what we call it now? Fooling around. It's just fooling around. Everybody fools around. A big deal. People jump off Empire State Building, you jumping off there too? I mean, everybody fooling around. See, that's so much sweeter and softer. They're, they're not doing premarital sex, Dad. They're just fooling around. What? It's the same thing. But see, if you're doing it, it sounds better. It's just softer. Listen to this scripture. This will kind of mess your coffee up this morning. 2 Timothy 4, 3. 2 Timothy 4, 3. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and unwholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what they itching ears want to hear. <laughs> is that not the church today? Just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me how good I am, preacher. And tell me how I'm going to have a better week. Well, the truth is we need to talk about sin because we don't talk about sin in the church anymore, so the church has no power anymore because we don't deal with stuff anymore because we don't, it's offensive to talk about it. Sin is real. It has serious earthly consequences. It does. And possibly damning eternal consequences. That's the gospel. Sin is a real deal. It is serious because it has consequences, big-time consequences. We're going to look at them. 
Okay? Now, I'm going to give you three cultural misbeliefs about sin. Three cultural misbeliefs about sin. And I'm telling you right now, I haven't heard you clip your seatbelt, but you need to clip it. All right? Here's the deal. All right, number one, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> okay. I'm not a bad person. Okay? I'm sorry you are. Okay? Apart from Christ, you are. Listen to me. If you like anything about me, it's only because what Jesus did in me. I mean, apart from Jesus, I am no good at all. You won't like me. The only good I am is in what Christ does through me. Apart from Jesus, we are a mess. We're bad. He said, well, that, no, you don't. You've not met my children. Yeah, I have. They came from you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but here's the deal. How, when I do premarital, se- premarital counseling and stuff like that, I'm going to say when I do premarital sex, rewind that, please. <laughs> you do this long enough, and I'm telling you, that foot will fit better than you think it does. I'm telling you. When I do premarital counseling and postmarital counseling all the time, a big thing is children. And, and, and I say it in their children, because many people believe that their children are just angels. They just fell from heaven to bless the rest of us. And, and that's good. We love children. They're beautiful, but they came from sin. I'm sorry to tell you. All right? And they know how to do that. Okay? And so people are amazed sometimes about that because we have what I call bubble parenting. That is, kids are in a bubble, and everybody, that, you know, anytime their kids have problems, it's because all the people on the outside of the bubble. Because it's not the kids' fault. Kids are bubble, angel. Okay? And so. I asked them all the time. I said, listen to me. Did y'all know each other before you got married? Mm-hmm. So how can your kids be good? I, just a simple question. You knew each other before you got married, okay? You knew who you used to be. Now you got married, had children. That's, hello? That's how that happens. And so we are bad people. We need a Savior. We need Jesus, okay, big time. 1 John 1, 8 says this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I did this in the first service. I want to do it again. I need a show of hands, and, 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 and honesty is good in church. I need a show of hands of everyone in here who's told a lie. Mm, that's a lot of hands, boy. <laughs> okay. I need to know hands of everyone in here who has stolen something. Mm, a little less hands. Now, how many people in here, show of hands, have ever looked at anyone lustfully? Well, it just dropped off a lot. <laughs> Especially if you're sitting by your spouse. Because right? <laughs> that's a whole lot of afternoon talk. Right? But here's the deal. The Bible says if you told a lie, you're a liar. Right? The Bible says if you stole something, you're a thief. Remember, there were two of them beside Jesus on the cross. Right? And if you looked at a person lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Correct? So basically what we have here today is a bunch of liars, thieves, and adulterers. Welcome to First Baptist. <laughs> Glad y'all came. All right? We want everybody to feel welcome here. All right? So that's what we got. We're a mess, man. We're a mess. We are not righteous in ourselves. We're bad people. We're bad. 
And we need a Savior. Romans 3.10 says this, there is no one righteous, not even one. Not even one. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a Savior. Mm, I need to say that again. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you will not see yourself in need of a Savior. Jesus says that he came for the sick, not the well. Second cultural misbelief is that all sin is the same. You hear these words all the time. Who are you to judge me? What I'm doing isn't eating worse than them. Sin is sin. God didn't say that. God never said that. The Bible doesn't teach that all sin is the same. We'll look at that in a little bit. Listen to me. You've got to hear me. Don't, don't check out now. Unforgiven sin leads to, a, to eternal death. Unforgiven sin. If you die apart from asking Jesus Christ to forgive you and save you, you will go to hell. I know that's not popular, but I'm not here to win a popularity contest. I love you to death. I do. And I got to tell you the truth. And the word of God says, if you die apart from Christ, your destination is hell. And I know your mom and daddy were good. I know you were in church 24-7. And I know you made 100 on Jesus quiz. And I know you can quote a bunch of scripture. But until you realize that you're a sinner and you need a savior and you're born again, you're going to go to hell if you die. And not all sin's the same, dude, because that sin right there can lead you to, to hell. Sin is a big deal. It's a big deal because it has consequences. It has consequences. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me say something to you. If I'm driving down the road and a guy flips me off, that's a sin. Correct? If I turn around and shoot that cat with a shotgun, that's a sin. I'm going to tell you something. The consequences of those two actions are different. Would you agree? I mean, I'm a mess more than he's a mess. He's a mess, but I'm really a mess because in my anger, I did sin. Let me say it to you like this. If you have children, the little angels are born. They're precious and gorgeous, and you can't even imagine them doing anything wrong. So let's just say one day they... They do. They just do stuff wrong, and it just amazes you. So you want to discipline them. So you say, well, what do you do to an angel? Well, you sit an angel down, and you talk to them in a real soft voice. So you sit down, and you try to talk to them in a real sweet, soft voice and remind them that you're their mother, and, and, I'm, and, and, and maybe you're the dad, and that they came from you, and they're beautiful and wonderful and all this other stuff. And so you think, oh, that did it. That's all, that's all I got to do. Just had that one little talk to an angel. That's it. And so, lo and behold, though, Angel done got out of the box and did it again. And you say, well, honey, I guess, give me the spoon. We about, I'm about to go stir the lemonade. So you pop them, okay? And lo and behold, that little angel done got out of that box again. And you say, well, honey, we're going to have to 
we're going to have to go stir lemonade again. Give me that spoon. Pop, pop, pop. Pop them again. And so then the belt, because the spoon's not doing it, all right? And, and I said in the earlier service, get the bat, but I'm sorry, you don't get the bat. But the, you may feel that way sometimes. Right? But see, then you get that. So then they get older, and the little angel still ain't getting it. So then you, you ground them. Take all that video stuff away and sit them in the room. Make them be still and quiet. That'd kill them. That's terrible. All right? So you sit them in there, all right, in that gorgeous room with heat and air and water. I mean, all that stuff, okay? <laughs> Sorry. That really hurts a lot. So you sit them in there and punishes them, all right? But they still do it. Give me the keys. So you take the keys. I'm not going to pay for your college. You keep behaving like that, all right? They keep behaving like that, all right? You change the locks. And you don't send them a card that you moved, okay? And then you take them out of the inheritance, all right? You see what I mean? You hear the angel talk, now that's coming out of the inheritance. It escalates because what? Sin has consequences, and it's not the same. It's not the same. When they're 22, still being a bonehead, you don't sit them down and talk to them. Now, honey, <laughs> I know you came for me. <laughs> that, no, you, no, you passed that. It has consequences. It's different. It's different. So it influences three areas. I'm going to give them to you real quick. How we live influences three areas. Number one, consequences on earth. Sin has consequences on earth. The Bible tells you that. Let's just say I have a youth pastor, and my youth pastor has a sin of gluttony. Okay? Now, I'm not a big on sin of gluttony, so... But my youth pastor can stay my youth pastor, but we're just going to do a little walking. We're going to trade in the riding lawnmower for a push, all right? And we're going we're gonna to put down Twinkies, and we're going we're gonna to work on this, okay? Now, he can stay my youth pastor because sin of gluttony is still a sin. But let's just say that my youth pastor goes with teenagers and smokes pot with them. <laughs> he ain't my youth pastor anymore, okay? He cannot. So sin has consequences. The gluttony sin is sin, but it, we, can, we, can, we can work through this. He can stay in that position. But if you smoke in pot with teenagers as a youth pastor, that is not, I don't know what they do in Colorado, but I'm just saying, you can't, I'm sorry, that podcast going to Colorado, can we stop, take them out? Okay, so, so I, don't, I don't know what they do, but, but you see what I mean? You have consequences. They have consequences. You can't treat them just the same. It's not the same. It determines rewards in heaven. Are there rewards in heaven? Yes. There are rewards in heaven. There are crowns in heaven. There are different size crowns in heaven. And you're determining that today. Punishment in hell. Is there punishment in hell? You bet there is. Hell itself is punishment, but there's layers of hell. It's different. If it's not different, then why in the world would Jesus in Romans 1 say, fine then, I'm just going to give you over to yourself. Over and over and over again, he talked to them. Over and over and over and over again. And finally, he said, that's fine then. If that's what you're going to do, then you just, I'm giving you to yourself. Worst thing that can happen to you. Look at Luke 20, verse 47. Luke 20, verse 47 says this. The Pharisees were devouring widows' houses. What that means is they go into the houses to minister to the widows, which the church is supposed to take care of. But instead of going in and ministering and taking care of the widows, they steal stuff. Hmm. Hmm. And, he says, they devour widows' houses and for show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished 
more severely. Uh-oh. More severely than others. Why? Because sin's not the same. It has different consequences. Look at uh, John 19, 11. This is Jesus the pilot. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Uh-oh, a greater sin. Well, I know this, and I'm not real intelligent, but I am wise. But to be a greater sin, there must be a lesser sin. Then he, he wouldn't have to say the word greater. He'd just say sin. If sin is sin, why not just say sin? He's a greater sin. Something to ponder. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.18. 1 Corinthians 6.18, run from sexual sin. Run from sexual sin. Watch this. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. From this sin, run, Forrest, run. Go, get the fat out. No, don't hover. Does this sin will mess you up? Man, that stuff, that sin right there that he's talking about has emotional, physical, spiritual scars that last a lifetime for some people. Don't kid yourself. I, I counsel people in their 30s and 40s, and I'm going to tell you, the struggle in their marriage that they're having, and they've been married 10 or 15 years, is before they ever got married the life they lived outside of marriage. Let me tell you, it'll mess you up. And Jesus said, it is wrong. It is against your own body, and your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you've got to live that way. It'll mess you up. You've got to run from that. That sin will mess you up. Does it matter what I do? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it does. Because sin has consequences. The last is this. Since I've already done it, I might as well just keep on doing it. I mean, that is cultural belief about sin to the max. Just turn the news on for about mm, five minutes, ten minutes. Turn TV on five minutes, okay? And you'll see this rampant. You'll hear it all the time. Spend some time on a university campus today. This phrase is rampant. Rampant. Since I've already done it, I just might as well just keep on doing it. This could go in many areas of, of life. Here's just a couple. Lost my virginity. Well, why stop now? Just keep on. That's nice. I do drugs. Well, I've already done them. I'll just keep doing them. Cheating. Oh, yeah, I'm cheating. I've been cheating. Cheating in high school, now cheating in college. I can't stop cheating. I'm about to get a job. I'm going to tell this guy everything he ever wanted to hear in an interview because everybody interviews well. And then when I get to his work, I'm going to cheat at work. Because I, I, I just started, I can't stop. Porn. I looked at it, I can't stop. I just ought to keep doing it now since I've already done it. So I started. Drinking, just got to just keep drinking. This must have been a problem back in Paul's day too because in Romans chapter 6, he writes this. Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Mm. Since we died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? 
Scripture says that when you got saved, when you gave your life to Christ, when you had a Nicodemus moment, when you were born again, the old is gone, the new has come. The old you is dead. The new you is alive in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That means, my friend, whatever was is was. It's not today. You're not a product of what you used to be. You died to self. Your actions follow your beliefs. See, here's the deal. If you believe you're a sinner, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I can't help it. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I can't help it. No, you're not. You were a sinner, and you were saved by grace, and now Scripture calls you a saint, a saint. Look at it. It's all in Scripture. You will be with them. You will be with the other saints in heaven. Excuse me. Who? The other sinners in heaven? No, no, they don't sin in heaven. Oh, (laughs) Uh, well, uh, then what are you then? You're a saint. You're a saint. Then live like a saint. See, if you think you're a loser, guess what? You'll live like a loser. You will. You'll make choices like a loser. Listen to me. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Okay? So the bottom line is, if you think you're this, that's how you're going to live. Too many people today say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Seriously? And you're doing this? Let me, can I? We have got a, I'm telling you right now, we, in the last four or five years, I've seen a massive difference in church. We've got church kids, and I love church students. And we've got students that absolutely will look you in the face and tell you, yes, sir, and no, sir, all day long, and go smoke pot, and go have sex, and go look at porn, and go cheat in school. I'm just telling you right now, don't you let yes, sir, no, sir, smoke your chili. Because I'm telling you, that's good manners, and I'm not telling you to say, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, back then, yeah, sometimes meant that boy knew what to do. And now we've got a bunch of kids that absolutely know how to smoke their parents' chili, and they answer everybody, coaches included, yes, sir, no, sir. And then they go get steroids and take them to get bigger. You keep your yes, sir, no, sir in your pocket until you're able to say yes, sir, no, sir to God. When there's a fear of God in you that answers no, sir, yes, sir to God, then when you're out of my sight as a parent, let me tell you something. That no, sir, yes, sir is gone. Don't let good manners smoke you into having good kids. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the truth. I can line up just as many yes, sir, no, sir kids as I can yep kids, and I can tell you the same. They just smoking people's chili, man. Let me tell you, there, there's coming a day when Jesus says, we've got to separate the men from the boys here. We've got to see if the tires lay, the rubber lays a mark. I mean, if you're born again child of the king, there ought to be a marked difference in your life. I'm not saying you have to be different. I mean, I'm saying you have to be perfect. I'm saying there better be something different, something different. Spiritual maturity isn't about how much we know. It's about how much we obey. Let me say it again. Spiritual maturity is not how much we know. It's how much we obey. We have fruit in our lives. Our lives as Christians should bear fruit. People say, well, you can't judge me. Well, I can expect you. 
I expect your fruit. That's what we do all the time. We go to restaurants and we, we do that. We go to stores. We do it all the time. The, the Word of God should transform you. Most Christians today are educated well beyond their level of obedience. Most Christians today are educated well beyond their level of obedience. There has never been a time in the church's history that we know more stuff about the Bible. I mean, there is sermon after sermon after sermon and workbook after workbook after workbook. You can go to Mardell's, you can go to Lifeway, you can go online. You get Christian distributors. You can get as much Bible study as you want. There are churches today that are doing more Bible studies on Tuesday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night. They're doing them at a coffee shop, doing it at a restaurant. There's Bible studies all over the place. And the church has never been weaker. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. How in the world is that many Bible studies going on and the church is weaker because we got knowledge, but we don't have application. We don't. And I'm telling you what changes the world and what changes is application. When Jesus speaks, you say, yes, sir. Amen. I'll obey that. Not, I know, I, I know about the ark. Good. Have you had a quiet time? No, I don't, I don't do quiet times. Then you keep your ark. If you keep that up, you're going to need an ark. What happened to intimacy with God? The most miserable people in the world are not non-Christians. Go ahead and forget that. The most miserable people in the world are not non-Christians. They're not miserable. The most miserable people in the world are those who profess to know Christ and live in habitual sin. That's the truth, man. They're miserable. Miserable. I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I hear this word. And it's a common word in church. Pastor, I need to rededicate my life. Here's what my first response is. Do you have anything to rededicate? Because why are we going to rededicate lost? We expect lost to be different on the other side of rededicate. I want to rededicate my lost life. <laughs> okay. What's going to be different about rededicating someone who's lost? They're still lost. I can rededicate them every day for the rest of their life, and it's not going to change. You can't rededicate something you don't have. Until you're born again, you're not having life at all. You're just existing. You want to make a difference and you want something to happen in your life, give your life to Christ and be saved. Be born again. Not rededicated when a warm fuzzy hits you. You can't rededicate something you don't have. Too many people in the church here, church phrase, if you use words, we don't even know what they mean. You need to get saved. Sin grows in darkness. It does. Sin's progressive. Porn grows. Stealing grows. Lying grows. Flirting grows. It constantly grows. It just grows all the time. That's what sin does. Sin hurts God. It hurts people. It hurts you. Three things real fast, and we're out of here. Three things that sin will absolutely do. Number one, it will kill intimacy with God. It kills intimacy with God. Let's say this, for an example, Melissa and I have issues. We're having problems. It's not bad, but, but there's tension. It's in the house. You're married. You just got, you got that stuff, okay? You got stuff, all right? So we shower, come in. We're sitting in the living room watching TV. Melissa's sitting on the couch. There's a lot of room for me on that couch, and Melissa's not that big, okay? A lot of room for me to sit by her on the couch, but there's... All right, so there's a chair over here on the opposite side. Where do I go to the chair? Why not sit by her? <laughs> Intimacy, broken, because it's 
You don't want to sit by them. You really don't want to be with them. I don't even like them right now, all right? I'm married to them. I'm committed, but I don't like them, all right? I mean, that's what we do. And so Isaiah 59, 2 says this about you and God. Your iniquities, your sin have separated you from God. What's, what sin do? It separates you. It's, it's intimacy is broken. That's, it, it hurts the intimacy. What does it do? It hurts the heart. The heart. It's the heart of it, man. The intimacy is broken. Number two, it does this. It dulls God's voice. God's not speaking. Oh, he's speaking, but we can't hear it. Because why? Because sin, your iniquities, has separated you from God. And if God is whispering to me, and I'm on the other chair, and he's on the couch, how much am I hearing? None. It feels death. It feels like God's not even speaking. Does sin have consequences? Yes. Sin can dull the voice of God. Dull the voice of God. And last, it does this. It hardens. Oh, dude, it hardens. And see, let me say something to you. It hardens our mind. You see, I used to think it hardens your heart. It it hardens your heart. But what the lack of intimacy does, it already hardens the heart. If you're not intimate with God, your heart's pretty hard right now anyway. But what the hardening of the head, the brain, the, the, the mind does is it's, 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 it's the Philippians, I mean, it's the passage in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the mind of Christ, renew the mind daily, okay? It, you put a helmet of salvation on why? To protect your mind. That when you, the intimacy is gone with God, the, the, the division, I mean, of the voice is dulled. Then you have the hardening of the mind. The Word of God can't even penetrate. It can't even get in you. Worship, you sit in worship like this. I ain't singing that song. You sang that song last week. Didn't even know a new song. I mean, you get so hard in your mind, you're not going to sing that. You're, the, mind, the, the, the Scripture's hard. The Scripture can't even penetrate your mind, much less penetrate your heart. You're hard. You're hard. And that's what sin does. Let me say something to you. If you are living today in habitual sin, you're walking in darkness, you're living in sin, can I tell you something? You are lost. You're not saved if you're living in habitual sin. If you're living in darkness and you're living in sin, you're swimming in it, and it doesn't bother you a bit. You're not convicted. You don't feel bad about it. You're fine with it. You're not backslidden. You're not needing rededication. You need to get saved. You're not saved. You're lost. Jesus is not living in you, man. There's no way. And I'd argue that to the day I die. You can't convince me. Scripture says that if a person knows Christ, he's a new creation. That he's got the light in him, and he doesn't even like the darkness. They ain't like the darkness. You swimming in darkness, you don't know Christ. You don't know him. Let me say this is real popular today, that sin, it's not sin if I don't get caught. (laughs) What? That's crazy. It's not a sin if I don't get caught. Yes, it is too. Sin will do this. It will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you a lot longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. I'm just telling you. But here's the good news. You say, well, good, I've been waiting on that for like 20 minutes, thank the Lord. Here's the good news. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus is a friend of sinners. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the light. If today you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you are living out of fellowship with God, you are in sin, and you know it, and you're convicted of it, you've got to step into his way. You've got to receive the truth and live life. Because right now you're not living life, you're existing. He's offering you a way out. He's offering you a way out. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Didn't do it. I can't quit. I've been trying to quit. I just can't quit. Yeah, you can. If you're a born-again child of God, quit being a wet pretzel and stand up for the king. You got a new name, and your name is redeemed. Your name is born again. Your name is king, kid. Your, your destination is heaven. Quit being a wimp on this dirt ball. Quit. We got more wimpy Christians in this world today than I ever seen in my life. Got a bumper sticker and, why, and cries all the time. I got it bad. I had to eat a hamburger instead of ribeye. Well, bless your heart. You ought to go sleep on the floor. I mean, they don't, they don't tough. Be tough. As a believer, you got all the power in the world in you. You got to stand up. Step in his way and get in the truth. The truth will set you free and give you life. Last scripture, and we're done. 1 John 1, 8. I read it earlier, but I want to read 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Today, if you're living in sin and you know you are, you don't have to live that way. Step in his way. Experience his truth. He'll set you free. All right? And he'll give you life more abundant. If you're living in sin, you know you are. And you know, you're sick about it. You're convicted. You know it's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Quit. Stop. I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you're sitting here today and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you leave this place today and something happens to you, there is never ever, ever been a time in your life that you've been born again. Never. You've been to church. You love the word. You know there's a God. All this stuff. You've been churchized. You live in a Bible belt. You fear God. But there's never been a time where he changed you, man. Changed you. Where he took you out of the muck and he set you on a rock and he gave you a new song, man. New song. If there's never been that time today, don't walk out of here. Don't. Because it does matter. Sin has consequences. It does. And if you would die apart from God and that sin, man, you're going to go to hell. I know that's not a popular message, but that's a truth. And there's nothing nobody can do for you. Nothing. So today, as we move to a time of invitation, man, if you need to come to this altar and say, God, I know you. You know I know you. I'm born again, but God, I... I'm making some bad choices. I'm not living like I need to live, and I I confess that to you. Maybe you need to come right here and say, Pastor, never been a time in my life, man, never. I'm not born again. I know I'm not, and I want to today. I want to be changed. I want to meet Jesus, and we can help you do that. If you're looking for a church home, (laughs) this is a great church, man. I'm telling you right now, it's a great church. And not all churches today are preaching on sin. (laughs) That's not how you grow a church. Tell them what they want to hear. But the bottom line is, this is what we stand on. This is the words, the truth. 
receive the truth, and he'll set you free today. Let me pray for us. Father, this morning, thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are. And God, during this invitation time, Father, I pray you do great things. Move us, Father. Move us. You have spoken today. I pray, Father, that you will give us the courage to be obedient with the knowledge that we have received. Don't let it just be more knowledge, Father, but let, us, let it produce application. Let it produce obedience out of us. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. Father, during this invitation time, be honored and glorified in Christ's name. Amen.